Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again here on the Hornets Hivecast. Unfortunately, a silver linings edition, and the season has come to a close. Hornets fall in the State Farm play-in tournament 9-10 versus game by a final score of 144-117 to on the road at the Indiana Pacers. It was never really all that close. We'll break down the loss. We'll give you our silver linings from this game. Also going to talk about the overall storylines of the season. What, when we look back on this year, 5, 10, 20 years from now will be the ultimate one line about this 2020-2021 campaign. And we'll look to the future. What's in store for the Hornets this offseason and in the season to come? To help me with all of these topics, Diana Biffle back with us here on the HHC. She is the Hornets manager of social media. Diana, thanks for joining us here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for having me. It is great to have you here. Obviously a disappointing game, 144 to 117. Cody Zeller touched on it after the game. You know, when you lose by about 30, nothing really goes right. And I think that was clear. I think the Hornets didn't shoot the ball well, particularly from three. That is always a negative thing for the Hornets. But for me, at least, the most disappointing thing was they just got carved up defensively. And not even the great early shooting by guys like Doug McDermott. But the backdoor cuts and the players just seeming to appear uncovered in and around the paint and just get easy lay-ins. They seemed like a lot of defensive lapses there for the Hornets that just allowed the Pacers to build and build and build on their lead until there was no possibility of coming back. Like you said, there were some defensive lapses where maybe we weren't paying attention to the right thing or watching the ball and not the the players or you know just not totally in sync in a way that we we have been a lot of times this season and then when that's happening against a team like indiana who's a good offensive team you're gonna have kind of a recipe for a bit of a a challenging game yeah no no doubt about it and this one was certainly a challenge 144 to 117 the final score after the game miles bridges who was one of the uh, better players in terms of his individual scoring line plus minus he was at a minus 25 so clearly not a great game but 23 points individually for him albeit a lot of it almost all of it scored after halftime when it was already a 20 plus point deficit but 19 of his 23 after intermission here's what he had to say after the game uh, they just play play like they wanted it more. There's nothing less to it. They they bullied us. There's nothing else to say. I mean, everybody watched the game, so I don't know. We could have played with more physicality, since more sense of urgency, but I mean, there's nothing we could do. Kind of sums it up. Miles Bridges uh, and really everyone we heard after the game disappointed at the end of this one, Diana. Yeah, I mean, I think you know when we come on here, we always trying our best to stay positive and look at the silver linings and we certainly will do that but I think to some degree you can't sugarcoat this game was painful it was hard we went into it you know still with hopes that we were kind of starting fresh the regular season was over we had that bit of a, a slide at the, the end of this the regular season but this was you know turning a new page with hopes for for playoffs and to watch it go down this way in this game was 
difficult and painful. And I think, you know, we do need to take a second to acknowledge that there is pain in this for our players, for our organization, for our fans. And that's okay because it means we care about it. And it comes with it. You know, I know JB said after the game that this is every great team has painful losses like this where you get, I think he said, kicked in the mouth or punched in the mouth, you know, and that it happened tonight. And there's no real getting away from that. But I think our guys are going to grow from it. They're never going to forget the way this feels, and they're going to do everything they can to make sure it doesn't happen again. Let's hear from one more member of the squad, head coach James Borrego, on what went wrong. Yeah, obviously we didn't get off to a great start. You know, there were very few high moments throughout this game. We just could not find our footing on either ends of the floor. They were the aggressor, and, you know, these are the moments that you learn from and you grow from for all of us, including myself. So we got to get better, and we will get better. But proud of our guys overall, their effort this year. You know, we put ourselves in this position, and it's a great learning moment for everybody. Next time we're in this position, we'll respond better, we'll be better. But obviously not the result or the effort we needed or wanted tonight. But congratulations to Indiana. I thought they were fantastic tonight. They played with great effort. Their veterans brought great presence to the game and experience, and they punched us in the mouth early and kept going. The appropriate praise, I think, uh, put on Indiana by head coach James Borrego, because, look, the Hornets have dealt with a lot of adversity this year. The extended absence of Gordon Hayward clearly was a turning point on this season. We'll talk more about that later. But the Pacers have been through a lot as well. They lost the league's leading shot blocker roughly a month ago, maybe a little bit more than that, but roughly that time frame in Miles Turner. They found out hours before the game that their 20-point-per-game guard, Karis LeVert, would be out for health and safety protocols unlikely to play unless they make it into the NBA playoffs, which they've got to still win another game to do. And despite all of that and their superstar, Demonis Sabonis, only, I think, scoring two points in the first half, they were able to come out and blitz the Hornets. you got to tip your cap. It was a well-played game by the Pacers. They came out and won it. It wasn't the Hornets losing it per se. It was the Pacers taking it, and, and sometimes you got to tip your cap. Even in the most lopsided of losses, there's always a silver lining or two and diana what's your silver lining from last night's 144 to 117 defeat season ending defeat to the indiana pacers you know i'm gonna say our, our the hometown guy cody zeller pass tipped and stolen away by cody zeller zeller into the front court rises and throws it down with a right hand cody zeller's got 17 gotta love the effort of the big man yeah so he i mean he played up against Sabonis, I mean, that's really quite the big task, and he played big. He shot well. You know, he was 7 for 7, so I think overall that was a, a definitely a, a good um, silver lining to see Cody Zeller really step up. No question, and hats off to Cody. He, he has had quite the season as well. He's dealt with injuries. He has been coach's decision, did not play it a couple of times, really for the first time in his career. He ends up with six straight games in double figures, and I, I know that they're, they're all losses, but his energy and his effort out there, as you mentioned, going up against Damana Sabonis, that is not an easy task and I thought he did a really solid job out there for the Hornets brought a lot of energy he had a couple of steals a couple of breakout runs a couple of big dunks yeah he's playing in his his home state of Indiana and with his contract being up at the end of the year it's potentially you got to say it's potentially the last game in his eight-year run with Charlotte there's certainly a possibility of them bringing him back I've heard from a lot of people that I trust that you know he has done a lot to impress this year battling through injuries he is definitely a quality NBA big man but I thought he I agree with you I think he put forth a great effort last night my silver lining 
is that the game happened. Charlotte has a very young team. We have talked about it a lot, that they are second in the NBA in terms of percentage of minutes and games played by first, second, and third-year players. And they're bookended by Minnesota and Oklahoma City, who have been playing for ping-pong balls for a long time. Oklahoma City, I think, at this point is scouting middle school games because most of their picks are in, like, 2026. They, I mean, these teams are a long way off from the postseason as things sit right now. And Charlotte's right in the middle of them in terms of lack of experience filling out some of those minutes, and yet they were in a playoff position, and their players will be made better for this experience. So my silver lining is that they got here. The, the goal all along was to get to postseason basketball. It didn't last very long, but the Hornets got there, and that is a major accomplishment for a franchise that hadn't been in this position for a handful of seasons to get back there. That's the first step on a long road towards hopefully much brighter tomorrows. So that's my silver lining for this one. We've got a lot more to talk about. Next up, we're going to talk about the overall overarching story of the season. When we look back 10 years from now and we need to give one sentence on what was 2020-2021, what will we be talking about? That's next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, be sure to download the Hornets app on your mobile device. The Hornets app is your access to all new features and exclusive content, including the new game day experience for every game this season. Sam Farber and Diana Biffle, the Hornets manager of social media, here with us on the Hornets Hivecast. Glad to have you with us. The season has come to a close. Hornets falling 144 to 117 last night in the State Farm play-in tournament opener in Indiana. Hornets eliminated. They will uh, have, I think, somewhere between the 11th and 12th most lottery ping pong balls. We'll continue to get into that in later podcasts. But, you know, the Hornets will be back in the draft lottery, but we'll have the benefit of this experience. Right now, I know the season has just come to a close, Diana, but we want to talk about what the overall overarching storyline was for this season. I'll let you go first. When we look back on this campaign a couple years from now, what do you think the overarching storyline will be? You touched on it. Overall, we exceeded expectations in a lot of ways. So a lot of pundits, a lot of people thought that we wouldn't even have 30 wins this season. And we're finishing out the season with 33 wins. So that in and of itself is a positive to me. That's something that's really exciting. And then just looking at the individual leaps a lot of our players have taken. So Terry Rogier really showing how efficient he can be and how great of a scorer he is, not just, you know, team, but league-wide, really making a name for himself, getting a lot of respect around the league. Miles Bridges, I think, was the most surprising jump to everyone. You know, he we always knew he was athletic. We always knew he'd be slamming down some incredible dunks throughout the season. But this year, not only were his dunks taken to another level, but he can now shoot. He's an incredible three-point shooter now. Um, I think that's something none of us knew if he'd be able to do that, and now now he can. Um, so it's really exciting. It's something you could tell he definitely worked on during our prolonged postponement or off-season, whatever you want to call it. So that's really exciting as well. Um, we also saw before his injury, we saw a leap from Malik Monk. So I think overall, all of that is really exciting. And then you add in our number three pick, LaMelo Ball, who has been 
blowing everyone's minds all season and and has you know the front runner for rookie of the year so I think we'll look back at this season and say wow that was the year I think there was a real turning point in the talent on our team on top of Gordon Hayward being added to the team which you know we can't forget about even though he, he's been hurt um, since April that's a huge addition as well all really good overarching uh, storylines and and really things on an upward trajectory I would say on on all of those fronts for the Hornets after the game James Borrego head coach of the Hornets he talked about all the team was able to overcome this season as well as part of his overall storyline for the campaign yeah I think over the next few days I'll be able to I want to sit with the group first you know and talk to my guys over the next day or two and uh, more than anything I'm really proud of them you know I, and I shared that with them just now it's a little bit of a learning moment for us but also how extremely proud I am of this group they battled all year nobody has any clue of what we went through as a group this year and you know we battled through adversity we battled through injury through virus through the pandemic and we never gave in you know I think I don't want to look at tonight as a microcosm of our season. Obviously, it's disappointing how it ended, really the last week or so. But what I'll remember and I'll look at is the growth that we, we showed this year. And we'll come back stronger and better from this. So I just have a great appreciation and respect for our guys. I really do. I, I'm not going to view our season based on this, this one game. I'm really proud of the steps they made, their commitment to this team, this organization. Obviously, we got a lot of decisions to make this summer, but that's for another day. I think well said there by JB. I like that he touched also on the virus aspects of this. I mean, you know, right now it, it feels like we're on the tail end of the COVID-19 pandemic. But even even today, we got a realization of just how prevalent this still is within our society with, uh, with a pretty prominent player, Karis LeVert, going into the health and safety protocols. We're still sadly losing too many people in this country right now. And we're all hoping that next season is normal or as normal as can possibly be for whatever the new normal will be. You know, it's been a lot to deal with. I, I really applaud the coaches, the players, the staff for the Hornets and across the NBA for doing what was necessary to allow us to have this season because there were a lot of mornings they had to get up and get tested, nights they had to come back to the arena and get tested, a lot of protocols they had to adhere to or else this wouldn't happen. And uh, a lot of fans had to give up some some of their time in the arena and, and follow from afar, and, and that's no small sacrifice either. So thanks to everyone who was able to help allow us to have this season. My overall storyline I think that we'll look back on for this year, Diana, is LaMelo Ball. Our hope, our belief, is that this will be a Rookie of the Year campaign, but just his emergence on the scene. I think, you know, he, he was not necessarily the major driver of wins this year. He was certainly the major driver of pace and a change in style of play. I think Gordon Hayward is more responsible for this team making the postseason, but in terms of changing the trajectory of the franchise, there's no question Question, LaMelo Ball has done that and the benefit of getting into the postseason having that early taste and learning the lesson that hey I was good enough to probably be rookie of the year good enough to succeed in a lot of places but not good enough to win in the postseason whether that's just him alone or all across the roster this young nucleus learning that lesson it's a valuable one you look back through the history of the game you know LeBron James his rookie season didn't make the playoffs at uh, one point down the stretch they won their last three games but prior to that I think they lost 11 of 12 Steph Curry obviously 
obviously one of the greatest, the greatest shooter of all time. I'm just going to put it like that. Greatest shooter of all time. 26 and 56 his rookie year. Had ankle issues most of it. Damian Lillard, spectacular point guard. Rookie season did not make the postseason. They were 33 and 49, so the exact same win total in more games even than the Hornets played. His side lost 13 straight to end his rookie season. So as painful as this is for the Hornets, six straight losses, there are lessons there for this team to take away and a lot to build on for Charlotte as well. Absolutely. I mean, you said it perfectly. I think this franchise, everything is is actually as, as kind of dark as this, you know, one loss and kind of ending might feel for a moment here as we kind of digest it for a couple days. The future is really bright. And I think that's, it's very exciting. We've got LaMelo Ball on our team, and he is just – we're just scratching the surface at what he's capable of. And, gosh, those examples you shared were so awesome and so uplifting and good to remember that, you know, so many great players their rookie year, they didn't make it all the way through the playoffs or even make it to the playoffs at all. So I think that's a great point. And also just to circle back to what you mentioned about COVID, and I think we just have to remember that this season was really extraordinary in a lot of different ways. I mean, on top of all of the testing and not having fans for a good chunk of the season, we also had this condensed schedule that was crazy. Just not a lot of rest time between games, not a lot of practice time between games, a really short kind of training camp before where our rookies had a much uh, an abbreviated amount of time to get ready for the season. It was a very challenging season in a lot of ways, and I think that our team really stood up to that challenge and fought their tails off all season long. So I think we have a lot to be proud of there and a lot to look forward to. Well, we've got one more segment to go, and we're going to start looking towards that bright future. Give you our thoughts on what's ahead for the Hornets. That's next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. Well, we got to remember this moment right here. This is where all great players, all great teams have felt this moment right here. And we're no, we're no exception. Every team has been smacked in the mouth in playoff games. Every team I've been a part of, you know, great players, they've been smacked in the mouth at some level in the playoffs. It's how you respond from that. It's the guys that we need to, to drive the bus for us to get better. They got to remember this moment. They got to they got to use it as fuel to get better, and that's really the message right now. But I, I want them to know that I'm extremely proud of them as well. You know, I'm honored to coach this group. I love this group, um, but we got a ways to go. We got to get better, and it's just it's just a matter of how do we respond this summer? Do we use this as fuel, or do we feel sorry for ourselves? And uh, part of this is is putting a etching this in our in our memory bank. So as we as we grow, as we get better, as we work this summer, we don't forget this moment right now. James Borrego, after last night's loss to the Indiana Pacers, ended the Hornets' season talking about what's ahead and how last night's loss, as frustrating as it might have been, 144 to 117 to the Indiana Pacers, it could be the propellant that pushes this team 
even farther in the future. Diana Biffle, Hornets manager of social media, here with us on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast, our season ender. By the way, we will have episodes of the HHC throughout the offseason. Just might scale it back from every day. So make sure you're, you're keeping an eye out wherever you get your podcast. We'll promise to have a couple for you each and every week and give you all that Hornets content you want and desire. But we might uh, take our foot off the cast a little bit as we hit the offseason. Diana, as we hit the offseason and look towards the future, what storyline stands out to you that uh, has you feeling good, maybe uh, looking at a brighter tomorrow? I think it's what JB said there, you know, this response over the summer. How does this team respond to this season as a whole and the the way that the season ended. I think our team has shown time and time again how resilient they are and how driven they are to be great. So I'm looking forward to seeing what this team is able to do during a, in a lot of ways, a more normal offseason. So, you know, last offseason, for a lot of the time, they weren't able to even practice together. So obviously things were very different. And I think now having the advantage of being able to practice together, being able to have more guidance from trainers who are working with them on in person, I think that could the benefit of that could be immense. And and you know, seeing how some of these players, you know, Lamella came back pretty quickly from his injury and I think he our team is certainly keeping an eye on him, but maybe his wrist could use a little bit more rest. So seeing him getting back to 100%, I think there are some players, Malik came back from his injury and it seemed, you know, maybe hadn't hit his rhythm quite yet when he came back. Seeing Gordon come back from injury, I expect that will happen over the summer and he'll be able to practice with the team again. Hopefully they'll be able to form some kind of identity there with, with Gordon back on the court with the team. So I just think overall, just being able to grow, we just constantly have to remind ourselves how young this team is. And what's fun about having a team as young as this is that you can expect some pretty significant jumps year to year. So I'm just, I'm excited to see what they do with this off season. I a hundred percent agree. You know, I don't think it's an accident that very few teams that were high up in the lottery made the jump into the postseason. You know, one Golden State, clearly they got Steph Curry back. That That's a pretty big reason why they made the jump. Uh, it, it was as good as he is, as talented as he is. It was not James Wiseman, was not the reason Golden State made the jump back into the playoffs. Similarly for Atlanta, Onyeka Okongwu, great, great talent. They made it because they made a lot of big moves to get veteran players, and Trey Young was ready to make that jump. But overall, teams that were in the lottery did not make the jump out of it because of their draft picks. It was uh, almost in spite of it, with the exception being Charlotte. The Hornets made these huge strides with all these young players making big jumps and their rookie without the benefit of all those things you touched on that rookies normally have the benefit of. LaMelo didn't get that. Neither did any of the second-round picks, who all presumably will get immeasurably better based off of a full offseason with summer league and access to trainers and all the other things that normally come in the NBA. Miles Bridges, after the loss, he talked about how this game will propel him as well as the team into next season. I mean, it's definitely going to be a big motivation. When I'm, I already know when I work out in the summer, I'm going to be thinking about this game a lot, thinking about the way the season finished. Just ready to push myself past exhaustion this summer, come in better and, and try to make the playoffs next year. The three players I touched on earlier, Diana, that 
you know, none of them had postseason experience. Damian Lillard the next year, Portland made it into the second round. LeBron James, it took two seasons for him to make it into the postseason. Steph Curry, it took him, I think, four. I think it was year four that he finally made it into the postseason. So for the Hornets, if you think LaMelo Ball is truly the centerpiece the way all of those players are, he's already ahead of schedule. I know it's one game, but to be in the postseason, to get a taste for it, it's something that is supposed to be addictive, contagious. And that feeling of being in these types of games is what you want as a competitor. And now that question is out there. The Hornets know they're good enough to win enough games to be in the postseason. Now the question is, do they have that drive to do what it takes to make sure that they don't get eliminated as quickly to make sure that they can withstand these types of trials? So I think that's a big part of the reason why the future is so bright. They've already gotten this experience for this young core. And now there's an offseason upcoming where you'll have the opportunity to draft in the lottery again. Mitch Kupchak, he's been spectacular drafting in those late lottery positions. Hey, if the Hornets win the lottery again, no one's going to complain about that either. But P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, even Malik Monk, you know, all late lottery picks all really stood out this year and made big strides. So you certainly trust in Mitch Kupchak to have another fine there. And I think really, you know, my brightest for tomorrow thought process is a healthy Gordon Hayward. I don't think we can overstate how much of an impact his injury had on this team. When he missed games, and he ended up missing 30 games this year, the team went 9-21. and 21. When he played, they were 24-20. and 20. That is a huge, huge difference. So, you know, I think as we examine this roster and look at all the pieces. Yeah, everything, you know, everyone's got a chance to improve and be better and, and and have bigger roles next year. But the biggest upgrade the Hornets can make for next season is having Gordon Hayward play more of it. Absolutely. I think that's, I mean, gosh, those numbers are, are staggering, really. And it's that's something kind of wild about the way Gordon Hayward plays. He kind of does it under the radar, and then you realize, oh, wow, he's hit 30 points. Didn't even know it, just quietly a really good reliable scorer from all three levels he he is unselfish in the way he plays he creates for the rest of the team so yeah it's going to feel incredible to have him back when we do and definitely understand we didn't want to rush it this season but I am really looking forward to having a, a healthy team the beginning of next season and that's something that was a product of, of this condensed season. The whole league was, was struggling with injuries. So hopefully, you know, we'll be able to manage that better next season just as a league as a whole. But with, if the players can have a little bit more of a break between games, hopefully we can limit the number of injuries the league has as a whole. Agreed. Yeah, again, I don't think it's an accident that the teams that finish with the best records are A, filled with the most veterans and veteran stars, and B, tended to be the healthiest. I know, you know, Philadelphia and Brooklyn had their ups and downs with injuries, So, but clearly, you know, experienced all pro-level talent. And then in the Western Conference, where a lot of teams are really good, 
Utah and Phoenix, I can't think of the the season-ending calamity-type injury that happened. They were both extremely healthy and ended up with 50-win seasons, so I don't think it's an accident. Hopefully, health will be on the Hornets' side in the years to come. Again, this is our last podcast of the normal season. We will not be doing them every day from here on out, but we will do them multiple times a week. But before we go, we want to say thank you to all of the folks that were a part of the Hornets' Hivecast all throughout the season. I think we ended up with something like 140 or 150 episodes here over the course of the 2020-2021 campaign. We'll break down all the numbers later on. We didn't look them up because you never look up how many you did in a row because you don't want the streak to end. You don't you don't you don't right. count your money at the table or anything like that. But our thanks to Will Kunkel, Nick Carboni, Josh Sims, all local television sports anchors in Charlotte for being a part of the HHC, to Kyle Bailey, Travis T-Bone Hancock, and Stan Norfleet from our flagship station, Sports Radio FNZ, Rick Bunnell of the Charlotte Observer, Eric Collins. Ashley Shamity and Gerald Henderson from Valley Sports Southeast and from in-house here with the Hornets. Matt Rachinsky, Sam Purley, Wes Robinson, Matt Carroll, Rob Longo, and of course Diana Biffle for all coming on and co-hosting with me. A lot of times I know it meant staying up really late or, or you know, just making time out of your busy, busy schedules to be a part of the Hornets Hivecast, but we so, so much appreciate it. And Diana, thank you on behalf, you, you can represent all of those guest hosts, but thank Thank you so much for coming in and being a part of these episodes. Of course. I know we all have a blast doing it. And thanks as well to all of you for tuning in, whether you listened in every day, once a week, once a month, or this is your first time. We greatly, greatly appreciate you tuning into the Hornets Hivecast and hope you'll stick with us throughout the offseason and into next season as things roll on for the Charlotte Hornets. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us today on the Hornets Hivecast. We will talk to you soon. Till next time, in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.